where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan. Uh, it's my last meal. I want an entire Cajun buffet. Bring it to me into my jail cell. Hornstein. Solid. Solid entry. Uh, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we want yeah, to explain? We had a, we yeah, want? Uh, so we, uh, on my other podcast, uh, No Country for Middle-Aged Men, uh, Dan and I and my co-host, uh, Adam Four-Layer Burrito Radliff <laughs> and uh, Matt Jolly Rogers were on there talking about like what we would have for our last meals if we were going to be executed. And Dan, like a true Southerner, said a Cajun buffet. Yeah. And Adam got really mad. Yeah, but because he's the one who called a four-layer burrito a five-layer burrito. And it's it was a completely hypothetical scenario. Right. And he's trying to throw semantics into it. Right. <laughs> and logistics. <laughs> the logistical challenges of bringing the buffet to you on death row. I'm like, well, I'm never going to be on death row, so it's fine unless I get framed right. or something. <laughs> right. Uh, it was so really that was, fun. Although, and, and I, loved, I loved getting to do that with, uh, with Matt Rogers, with Jolly. Mm -hmm. He's great. I do still feel like he shortchanged himself with just the coconut from Hook and not yeah. that entire Good. spread. Like mm -hmm. uh, I went back and YouTube that scene. There was some delicious shit on that table yeah. that we we really should have just taken the time and watched all that together. Let yeah, me ask you a question. A, sure. How would you describe for anybody who's listening to this your other podcast, No Country for Middle Aged Men? Um, well, it is, it, it pretty regularly is me and Adam talking to another comedian. Most of the time we have another comedian on and we're just talking about comedy and the, the guests that's on get a little bit to know about what makes them tick, what got them into comedy, their humor styles and all that. And we kind of let the the guests kind of talk about what they want to talk about. We don't have like a huge agenda of like, this is the set structure and all that. And there's actually been a few other local podcast hosts that are like, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, I understand you're a structured person and you want to do it that way. And you have a set time limit and these certain 10, 15 questions. Like I've seen people's lists of the questions they ask. And they're like, this is the way you need to do it. And I'm like, but then I'd be doing the same thing as you. And I don't want to do the same thing as you. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, I know I'm not going to be Joe Rogan. So like, I'm doing this for the fun of it. And Adam's doing this for the fun of it. And I don't have 40, 50 hours a week to put into this, to make this the next Joe Rogan podcast, because let's face it. Uh, comedy is a dying art form. Most Aww. people don't want to take the time. It's, it's the unfortunate truth. It's like books. M how many people do you know? I can ask tons of people. Hey, you want to go to a comedy show? I've asked people to go with me to see your shows. And at the end, who's there? Me. That's well, that's just because they know I'm performing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's true. It's hard to get people to go out and watch comedy when there's Netflix at home. They think, oh, if yeah. I want to watch something funny, I'll just stream a Netflix Netflix special. And so, like, I'm not disparaging those Netflix specials. They're great, but I think a lot of it too is is people think, oh, if I go to a local comedy joint, it's not going to be funny. I'm like, no, you'd be surprised. There's there's some uh, open mics. That's where it's iffy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you gotta you gotta go to the right shows. You gotta talk to the people and find out. Okay, what show should I go to? You know, I, find a I, good production. I question people that go to open mics. I understand if there's, 
if you go to a show and they go, hey, after the show, we've got this open mic. Feel free to stick around. It's free. Right. And you go, right. yeah, I'll, I'll watch some people. I'll, I'll stay, you know, make sure I get an extra money's worth. But just to go out and watch and watch open mic comedy where you know it's pra- it's practice. Yeah. I guess, well, I guess people do that with sports teams. I mean, you go, you show up and watch the Astros do their warm-ups and people go to like spring training yeah, but and it's, watch it's, that shit. And so I guess that, yeah. you know, maybe it's along that, but it's, you know, it's going to be worse. That's the, that's the yeah. part that's funny to me about going and seeking out an open mic night is if, if you know anything about comedy, you know that you go to a show, you're seeing people at their, the, the hopefully, yeah. give, hopefully giving yeah. their, their a game um, yeah. and not just treating it like an extended open mic. That's, that's a right. different, that's a whole different topic. But <laughs> if you go to the open mic, do you, do you just want to see people not do well? Do you want to see people bomb? I don't, I don't, know I don't know where you're deriving that. Like the only time before stand up, before I started and, and I started like way late, the only time I ever went to an open mic was right before I started doing stand up because I knew that yeah. I just knew I was like, all right, I don't, I don't need to be uh, going to this, you know, watching other people suck. Yeah. Yeah. You got to I mean, I understand like comics have to like practice somewhere and try out new jokes somewhere and all that. But you know, it's, I'm not inviting most people to go to open mics, but they're acting like I'm inviting them to just go to like a 10 o'clock open night, open mic where, you know, it's going to be PE doubles for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. <laughs> that's so, a different, that's a whole different topic too. <laughs> yeah. So this is no, our first, uh, I'm going to change yeah. gears. This is our first time back in what a month. Yes. So are we, are we calling this season two? Yes, this would be season two of okay. where it's at. Yeah, because we, we had such a good season one finale that people were yeah. clam- clamoring for more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just absolutely, you know, blowing up my email inbox for like <laughs> more and more and more. I think I have 12,000 junk emails that are all spam and none of them are for podcast related stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> I do have, I did get us one new listener. So you're welcome. Ooh, nice. Okay. And it was through word of mouth. Uh, Very nice. Mostly my word of mouth. And <laughs> it was, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, went to see a, you know, old friend of mine named Austin Mathern. I invited you, I think, to that show. I think you and I talked about it. He's yeah. in like this kind of new metal band and mm-hmm. he, they were performing at the Secret Group and I got to do a show that night as well. So I traveled down and went to watch uh, my buddy Austin, who I hadn't seen in years, and he's playing drums, and their band was super tight. I mean, they were very, very good at what they did, and um, it was really fun to get to see him. And him, one of his friends that was there, who lives in Houston, is a guy Ryan that I met, and Ryan and I started talking just outside, and we were, you know, it, we just came out of a concert, so you're still talking about music. We had a lot of right. the same taste, like a lot of the same bands, and um, and I said, hey, I got this podcast, you should check it out, and so he listened to a couple of episodes and uh gave me some feedback and it was really centered around making another recommendation and um i want to share this with you because i think you might like this group too okay so ryan tells me he goes hey i listened to one of your podcasts and y'all were talking about like swedish music and it was when we were talking about that show this is pop that all the swedens uh swedes and how they wrote all this pop music he goes there's a really cool rock band from sweden called dungeon d-u-n-g-e-n Mm-hmm. He goes, check out their album called Four. It came out in like 08. And I, I've been listening to this a little bit this week. I can't understand a word they're saying, but it's a really, <laughs> really 
dope little record and it's very unexpected it doesn't sound anything like what i thought it would Mm -hmm. and it's really fun so shout out to ryan uh definitely been enjoying dungeon if he's listening it's a very cool Cool. record and uh i'm gonna pass it over to you after this so that you can listen to it also because i think you'll dig this one man Oh, heck yeah. I'll definitely give it a listen. And actually, uh, for next week's first impression, it's another Swedish artist. Ooh. <laughs> and another Swedish artist that I've talked about before on the show briefly dropped a another album. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it for a first impression. We're going to do Because okay. I haven't listened to it. But <clears throat> this week for first impressions, I picked... The album Dawn from the electronic artist Ryx, and I have no idea if that's how you say it or not. So if this is going to be like the Bon Ivar fans that are going to come hate me for saying the name wrong, eat dicks. I don't care. We're a podcast. We're not here to get correct pronunciation. This is just another dude with a big beard and a goofy hat that sings like Bon Ivar, like exactly like Bon Ivar, exactly yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I I kind of just stumbled across this. Um, I heard one of these songs on Ted Lasso, which oh, is one of my is that new, a good show? new, it, I love it. I'll, I'll be, okay. So I'll be straight up. It is probably Apple's second best show. In my opinion, I was going to say my second favorite show series that they've put out. What's the first C we've been, I like C C is cool. Did you check out mythic quest? Not yet. I'm a fan of Mythic Quest. Adam Radliff, not so much a fan of Mythic Quest, uh, but you know he can he can dry his tears on his four layer burrito, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, Ted Lasso. It's got the the what's his name? The dude from Mumford and Sons. Mumford does the music for it. He arranges it and then writes original music, which I appreciate about it because the for me music is super important. So that kind of sucks me into the episodes even more because the music sets the tone okay. and it sets the tone really well. Who and it's like I forget his name. Whatever Mumford Mumford last name. And so, but it's great. And he does. He wrote the song for the intro, the title track, or whatever for the the series. Um, I will say this, Jason, Jason Sudeikis, I don't really care for him as an actor oh. until I saw him in this. So I was, I've been really impressed. It combines uh, two of my favorite things in the world, um, English soccer or football for you Brits out there and comedy. It's great. And it's uh, the spin on an American going to Europe and coaching a soccer team and how Americans perceive soccer. It's really funny. It's really clever. It's got a bunch of British humor in there, which I enjoy too. And it's not like PG or PG 13 rated. They drop the F bombs all the time. It, yeah. It's proper British humor. Okay. It's very well done. The, the first season, I think, for most people that I know that don't know much about soccer that are Americans, they would probably have a little bit harder time with it because it's heavy on the soccer in the first one. It still does great with the character development, but there's a lot more emphasis on soccer in the first season, which most Americans, if you don't know anything about it, you're going to be like, what? But the second season really gets more focused on like the characters and the story and everything, and it's extremely well done. But the, one of these songs from this album is on there. And I was like, who is this? I've never heard it before. So I was like, okay, I I heard it. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be my next first impression. So I just got it, listened to it. And I have to say, I think the production on this album is great. Uh, The song's only in Berlin, five and six, tracks five and six. I really, really enjoy them. I felt like they're like the peak of the album right there in the middle. Mm. The rest of the album... I felt like it started off kind of slow. I feel like the first couple tracks, it just kind of slowly plods along. 
kind of something that with a lot of electronic artists that I do take issue with, like they come up with two or three good tracks and they're like, okay, I need to make a whole album. And for whatever reason, and maybe it's me, maybe it's the artist. I don't know what it is, but a lot of electronic artists in me just, I, I feel like we, there's this dynamic where it's like, man, you had those three, two, three great tracks and you nailed those. But then when you, whatever inspiration you had was all dried up or whatever it was. And the rest of it doesn't do anything for me. And there's 12 songs. This could have been a three song EP. And I think it would have been, I would have given it a five, but it just, it just nothing about it outside of tracks five and six really like grabbed me or made me want to listen to it again. <clears throat> like those two tracks, they're in my normal rotation, five and six. I'll listen to those again and again and again. They're not something that I'm going to be like, oh, I don't want to listen to this, but the rest of it I could live without. And it was kind of disappointing because I really think only in Berlin are stand out by themselves. They're like, four and a half beard songs. So, uh, Dan, what did you think about it? First impression. You know, you, you hit the, you really hit the right tone when you said how it, it sounds like Bonivar or Bonivare. Uh Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, it's a complete ripoff. Yeah. Of that. It is, it is almost like copy paste. Yeah. Bonivare. Here's the catch. I really like Pony Vera a lot. Like so do those, I. <laughs> those first two albums, especially. Um, oh my god, they're so good. And and even the thirty three a million, I like a lot. And I've listened to some of his other stuff. He's got a, mm-hmm. another band called like um, oh shit, I'm gonna butch the name. It's like Volcano something. Vol- I'm gonna. I, it's, I, I I'll get it eventually. So this this really sounds more like a hybrid of like. Bonivere's second record and 33 a million, the one that he made after he was hanging out with Kanye for a long time. Mm-hmm. And dude, I got to disagree with you. I don't know what it is, but this caught me at the right time and in the Ooh. right mood. And I was like, yeah, this is a total like Bonivere ripoff. I don't give a shit because I like it. And Bonivere's <laughs> not doing much. So that's I'll true. take what I can get. <laughs> you know? um, and that's, that's kind of how I thought of it. Um, the, the the real the first song I was trying to look up the track list I don't have it in front of me so I don't know like what order uh, mm-hmm. I, wrote, I wrote these in because I, I just gave it my first impression but I was like um, Howling the song Howling fucking killer yeah. loved that one um, the song Beacon I thought had a really cool guitar and string kind of interplay with some very cool drums on it um, I liked the I actually do like that the back half of the record kind of shifts a little bit and goes in a new direction. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the piano on, on hold me love. I wrote that lean. The song lean is a strong closer wrapping it up at the end. The, the notes that I took as I was listening to this, giving it my first impression was, um, I, the more I listen, the more it's a total bony bear ripoff, but it totally works. It's still really enjoyable is what I wrote at the time. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I also like other ripoffs too. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, what it reminded me of was, um, you know, you, you mentioned shows and how important music is in shows. By right. far, my favorite show, based on how well it uses music, is the show Mr. Robot. Um, I, have, I have gone through and listened to like 
people have made playlists on Apple Music of like all the songs that they choose to use, all the pop songs, all the diegetic songs mm-hmm. in there. And I listen to all those. But even the score, this guy, Matt Quayle, who did the score, the score is so much fun to listen to. But here's the thing about the score and Matt Quayle, when you listen to it, it is a complete Nine Inch Nails ripoff. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he makes an attempt to say that it's not it is it is very much an homage to that um but who gives a shit because it's cool it sounds good and i like that kind of music right so i don't care right i don't i don't i just don't care i'm I'm in i'm on board i even wrote down just based on first impressions mark uh i wrote this might be my favorite electronic record mark picked to review oh my goodness (laughs) wow I'm floored because I've had a near opposite opinion. <laughs> I know. And I, I, like I said, this just could have hit me at the very right time. I think I listened to this like the first day that the weather got a little bit cooler. And uh-huh. it was, it was just like I was primed for a very positive yes. listening experience. That is, if I had to listen to it on like a Friday afternoon after a stressful week at work, I'd have been yeah. like, this guy, fucking guy needs to get a clue in an identity because it's not working. <laughs> I, who knows? You know, but it just, yeah. right time, right place, right right artist, right X. Uh, I give it four beards. Solid, super solid listen for me. Okay, I gave it two. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is I went to some of his other work too in his catalog because I wanted to see if there was more and not much stood out to me. So it could have been it just hit me at the wrong time or, but I, I don't think it did. It was just not my, not my jam. Okay. So what's your first impression? Okay. So for my first impression, I picked a new single that's out by my favorite singer, Mike Patton, who is teaming up with this guy, Stian Karstensen. Again, if I pronounce that wrong, uh, I apologize as we, <laughs> we're getting into some weird countries with, yes. uh, with different music here. So, um, man, I, so I'm really glad, first of all, that I didn't get tickets to go to Chicago this past month and go to riot fest i really wanted to go to riot fest because faith no more was playing riot fest and i love that band mr bungle Mm -hmm. was playing riot fest and if you'd played your cards right you could go see mike Patton do two sets with his two kind of current bands that he's in um that are as both of his longest tenured bands and i was like that's a very cool thing but get this right before Mm -hmm. maybe two weeks ago uh they canceled the whole thing no riot fest still happened uh mike oh, Patton just... canceled all of his tour dates for uh. some kind of he, he he just said he didn't explain anything but he on instagram he was like i'm having some mental health shit and i need to take care of myself and i was like oh shit but right before that he puts out this new single which who knows how long ago it was recorded and stuff but it's it's right. been a, a little bit of a roller coaster for this dude um so you know one of the things I do like about Mike Patton in general is he partners with a lot of different people. He, he and he's uh, it's fun to listen to. He, I respect this from him as an artist. You know, the dude's from like California and, and got big in Faith in the Morning. He was like 18 or 19 years old. So super mm-hmm. young. And uh, I followed his career for a long time. And one of the things that really fascinates me is he. I think recognize that all of the bands that he's in are much more popular outside of the continental United States and in other countries. (laughs) 
So he's learned like four or five different languages because he's done so much press overseas. Uh So he's very fluent in Italian. He's released a whole album in Italian. He speaks uh, Spanish, I think like Portuguese uh, and just all this kind of stuff. And when you watch clips of him doing live stuff, like, you know, he's fluent because some, some people learn just like a phrase or two for right. crowd banter, you know, like uh, Viva Brazil or some shit like that. And yeah, but he'll like launch into this whole like five minute thing. And you can just see from the people in the audience there that they're just eating it up. And there's so much appreciation that he's learned their language, you know, and so right. it's this, this reciprocating kind of respect going back and forth uh, from him from performer to fan and from fam to performer. And it's very cool. So Mike teams up with this guy, uh, Stian Karstensen, who's a Norwegian magician. Yeah, sure. (laughs) He also plays music. Fuck it. Uh, He hooks up with this multi-instrumental Norwegian musician who I don't know anything about. Okay. And, uh, and they, they put out this song and what I like about it is it's, it's a very good example of, um, kind of how versatile of a singer Mike Patton is, um, which is one of my favorite things about him is he's all over the place. Right. Um, I do think he had a hand in some of the songwriting. So again, one of the, a lot of my favorite artists from the nineties are now, my favorite film composers of the 2020s and the 2019s. And Mike Patton has done a few film scores as well, which is really interesting. And um, I've listened to him and it's, it's, it's cool to watch somebody grow and stretch into a whole new kind of genre like that. And I, this reminds me of some of the stuff that he scored, which is why I think he's got a hand in some of the the writing in it. Um, Man, the things I like about this are, you know, it's got some really cool changes as the, it's a single, but as the song Mm -hmm. goes and, and from start to finish, it it almost ends in a different place than it started, which is very cool. Takes you on a little bit of a journey. Um, good on Patton for still having this great a range in his fifties. I thought that was very Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, he's, he's all over the place scales wise and stuff. Um, I like the way that the vocal line mirrors the melody a lot. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. Some of like, there's this kind of climbing note passage, uh, right after around the halfway mark of the song that, that he's kind of mirroring what's going on there. And I thought that was a nice touch. The only thing is, um, I, I did feel like the song was a little short for me. Uh, I would I would be really interested to see if these two do an album together that's like this. And if they do, I think that would be a lot of fun to listen to. What did you think? <clears throat> um, I was impressed with, again, his range, his capabilities as a singer. Uh, the fact that he was coming in singing something completely different. Like I was like, is this Mike Patton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, this is Mike Patton. Um, it was interesting and unique, unique, not really my cup of tea when it comes to music. Uh, but it, it did stand out. The changes in it were fun and interesting. Uh, I did wonder, I was like, I wonder what a whole album of this would sound like. And it made me wonder, is this just a single or is there going to be more in this in the future? Um, it was kind of like the curiosity of like, I'm not really into this, but I'm curious. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. I get and that. And so I gave it a three because it's not bad, but it's like, I gave it a three because I was like, okay, I don't like it. So I can't give it a higher than that, <laughs> but it's not bad. So I can't give it lower than that. 
Like, all right, let's be clear. I don't like it, but <laughs> but I can appreciate it. I can yeah. appreciate the creativity and the work and all the the uniqueness that goes into it. Because I do like a ton of artists from different countries. Because I like to hear different things. Like, if you think that the only music that you can listen to should be from the American music industry, you're sorely missing out on a lot of fantastic music. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of little flourishes in this song musically that I thought were nice additions. They're the hints of accordion here and there were kind of cool. The little accordion kind of thing at the end where it's like, uh, mm. was super fun. And, and then it kind of starts the song over and I'm going, Oh, that's, I wanted it to keep going. Um, I, I like a lot of classical music. I grew up listening to a lot of classical music. And, and so I'm at this weird point where right now, I'm, I find myself, the older I get, I'm more drawn to modern people doing classical-ish music with, mm-hmm. you know, changes and, and more traditional instrumentation and things like that and a lot of strings and stuff. And uh, so it, it was really cool to listen to. Uh, I gave it three and a half beards. Not the best thing that I've ever heard, but, you know, a really solid effort. And, and I did do some digging. Right now, it looks like this is just the one-off single, and there's there's no announcements about an album of this. But if there is, it's it's something I'll listen out for, and and if if it comes out, I'll definitely check it out. Oh yeah. So that was first impressions. So what did you pick for your album this week, Dan? For this week's album, I picked the noisiest motherfucking thing I've heard in a long. <laughs> Long time. Ooh, boy, buckle up. It's the armed is the band. Um, don't I hadn't heard a whole lot about this band. I wasn't familiar with them. Turns out they've been around since like 20, 2009. They're kind of a hardcore punk outfit with mm-hmm. hints of other genres such as post-hardcore. There's a lot of experimental lot of experimental in this and the best that i can tell the armed is a unique band because they've had a lot of rotating members in and out and as i did some digging in there um it's i mean it's all over the place but they've had like troy van lewin from queens of the stone age and a perfect circle playing with them for a little while they've got right now on on this current record ultra pop the one that we read the one that we're reviewing has three different guitar i'm sorry four different guitar players at any given time playing on it a couple one or two different drummers the main vocalist which is kara drolshagen who seems to be kind of the driving main member of the band Mm -hmm. it's it's their it's their deal it's their project and they're just leading the effort um holy shit this caught me by surprise i i really just kind of stumbled on this i forgot where i heard about this record you know what it might have been um and i actually think this is it okay so amoeba records does a youtube series called what's in my bag and it's Mm -hmm. just different musicians talking about albums that they like and uh oh god what's his name bob mole from husker do was on i was like husker do is kind of fun haven't heard them in a long time and he pulls up this album and goes, if you haven't heard this record, this is my favorite record of all time. And it just came out. He's like, I absolutely fucking love this record. I can't stop listening to it. Listen to it. You'll love it. Appreciate it. Dig into it, dive into it. Just let it kind of consume you. And I threw it on. And I mean, 30 seconds in, I'll tell you just from my seat, 
I was hooked because this is speaking my language. This is this is talking <laughs> right to old Dan. It is a noise record. This is noise rock. I don't know how else I would describe it. It's, it's noise rock, but it's the most well-used noise rock that I've heard in some time. Like other bands that have done noise rock where it's really incorporating like high static and frequencies and stuff. You ever heard Merzbow? No, I haven't heard them. Okay, Mersbow is this one guy, and he's he's on a laptop, and it's I can't hang with it. I wish I could. Uh, it's it's so experimental, and but it's it's pure noise. Yeah, and it's it's like a high, <laughs> high really high pitched stuff and shit. And um, Mersbow's done some stuff with some other bands that I like, but I, I every time I go and I, I'm I'm trying to be deliberate because I know that there's an artistic artistic merit to it, and I try right. to go okay. I gotta get it, you know. I gotta get in fucking Merzbow, <laughs> and I just can't, right? But I feel like I should. I feel like there's there's a handful of of groups that like I really wish that I liked because I know that there's a value to it, and I just can't. Sonic Youth mm. is like that for me. I want to love and appreciate Sonic Youth. I have Daydream Nation. I have a couple of other records, but. I just fucking don't like Sonic Youth, man. I've, I've been trying to listen to it for 20 years, and I just can't. So, side, it's all that aside, you know, um, I don't know how else to describe this. There's there's some cool, like, glitchy shit in here. There's a lot of, like, it's, it's a high, high energy record. There's some very cool creative guitar shit going on. Um, the vocals are, are awesome. What I, what I think it, what impresses me about this is that there's noise without sacrificing melody. Like there's, mm-hmm. if you, if you listen to this, especially with like a really good pair of headphones, it's, it's, it's good songwriting. Um, mm-hmm. but just this, this under this aesthetic, you know, that's just ugly. And that juxtaposition of the really kind of ugly noisy versus the, the song, the, the melodies that they're doing and stuff like that. It, it is a fascinating listen. It's, this isn't a well that I'll go to often, mm-hmm. but it really scratched an itch for me. What did you okay. think? Um, so first listen through, I, <clears throat> so first listen through, I'll be honest. First listen through, I didn't give it, my full attention. So I was like, Oh, this is Dan noise shit. (laughs) That was my first reaction. So then I was like, okay, give me a couple hours. I'll go back and listen to it later. So I went back and listened to it later. And like the, the quality of this album and music started to come out. And so then I finally figured out what my beef with this album is. The songwriting is great. The musicians are great. The songs themselves are very catchy and very good, but to me, it just sounds like in the final mix, they were like, what do we do? We have a multipressor, we have compressor, we have EQ. You know what? Let's just throw a distortion on everything and turn it up. And that kind of killed it for me. I felt like that took away from a lot of the great music that they're trying to do. So to me, as the listener, I felt like I have to listen and pay attention to be like extra hard to be able to enjoy the music. 
And I understand what they're trying to do. It's noise rock and all that. And I have nothing against that. But I felt like, man, you just turn down that distortion because it's on everything. Because like I've listened to other artists before where it's like on the bass or on the bass and guitars or there's a little bit on the drums and then some on the guitars. No, this is on everything. Everything across the board has distortion on it and just way too much of it. It's like if you're at a show and um, the guy in the back is like, oh, I have a distortion guitar pedal. Let me run all the outs through this one distortion pedal and turn it up to max. Yeah. And I feel like it just really killed a lot of what make this album stood out to me. And I was like, okay, I can see why Dan likes this. I can see why a bunch of other people are going to like this. And I just felt kind of cheated a little bit. I think I could say, okay. I felt like I, I've, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I was thinking last time I was listening, I was listening to this again today before, um, you know, before doing this again. And I was like, man, I really feel like I got cheated because there's so many parts in these songs that I want to listen to, but I feel like that distortion is just taking away from it. And I was like, I really do enjoy this, but I want them to come out with another mix of this that doesn't have that distortion on it. And I'd like it way more. <laughs> that's, that's, it's a, you know, every time a band does like a really bold production choice, it's a, it's a real gamble, right? It's mm-hmm. either going to pay off like this for me where I think, okay, it's, it's a bold decision and it's, it's, I applaud you for it. And I think that it actually works in service of the concept as a whole, um, especially the irony of calling it ultra pop. I think that was kind of hilarious, (laughs) but then there's other times where it's going to play out like the snare drum and St. Anger. And, uh, and it's just going to be that (laughs) too much, too much. Um, a good, well, actually I think a better example for that for me, because the album that I struggled with, where the production was so off, but the songs were so good was the last mm-hmm. Baroness record, golden gray. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, that it's, I, every time I go back to that, there's some production choices on that, that really don't work for that band, but the songs are so well crafted on it that I hate that. I can't listen to it. It becomes very frustrating <laughs> for me. So I right. understand exactly where you're coming from there. Um, the only difference is I feel like with this record, it sells it and you're you're completely correct in your <laughs> description of it i think right. you're, you're spot on there i mean that's exactly what it fucking sounds like um it just works for me on this i don't know i can i i did so i i wrote this down when i was reviewing it um these are kind of my thoughts as i was going through first of all there's the highlights the songs that i liked um ultra pop all futures an iteration average death faith and medication real folk blues bad selection the music becomes a skull i really liked a lot of these songs <laughs> there's some very creative guitar work that's going on in this that really attracted me on it um and i, th- I liked that the v- guitar work supplied a lot of the melody often mm-hmm. so that the vocals could be the source of noise it was a very kind of cool kind of inverse rage against the machine aspect of it um their drummer is pretty badass i wrote that down i can't get over how unique this record is i think that was on my like my <laughs> third or fourth listen because i don't know anything else that sounds like this um and that's what really that's what really got me excited but i also wrote i can see the complaint that this record is so compressed that it's tough to hear anything but I get the feeling like that was intentional to create a very overwhelming experience while listening to it. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the reason why it, it works for me. But if that's not your cup of tea, I can really see a lot of people being turned off by this record. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think like I'm giving it three and a half beards 
I would easily give this four and a half beards if that wasn't so over compressed and there wasn't so much distorted. Because I love the vocals, I love the screaming. I like, I mean, I like training for Utopia. We did that like three, well, like four or five months ago. That's noise core. That's noise. That's abrasive. That's in your face. That's like rubbing sandpaper on your eardrums. Yeah. And so I don't have anything against that. But this, I felt like it was just so much of it. It took away from. I'm just, I'm sitting there going. What's, what's the guitarist doing? <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Damn it. Now I need to rewind. And that <laughs> takes that takes a lot of the enjoyment out of it for me. I'm like, man, I want to be able to enjoy this. You know, put some compression on there. Put some fuzz on there. Dash with it. But that, that's me. And I was like, okay. So... Fair enough. It's, mean- it's a fair, fair <laughs> assessment. Um, I ended up giving it four beards. Uh, really enjoyed this. It Like I said... It's not something I'm going to listen to a lot. I'm going to save this. This might be like a one a year record for me, mm-hmm. but like once a year, I'm going to put it on for two days and it's going to be a really fun two days. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> so th- for my album this week, I, <laughs> it's like, I was just going to say, it's like uh too rich cheesecake. You know, you can only have like a couple of bites and you're like, ah, I'm full. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. it can't, I, I can totally understand that. Um, this week for my album, I picked uh, the album Rituals by a special edition. Got to throw that in there, uh, which I, uh, the special edition just adds the two tracks at the end, which are utterly pointless. Um, <laughs> that That's one small knock I have on this album uh, by Finetch Solaire. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably saying that wrong, but I don't care. Uh, this is another band from the UK, like an alternative electro pop band. Uh, some dance in there, some electric, some pop, some rock. Uh, so I had first heard their music. I never heard this album before until recently. I had heard a couple of dubstep remixes that were done like seven or eight years ago okay. that some of my favorite dubstep artists did on one of the UKF dubstep compilations. And uh, I had never checked them out. And so uh, by one day for absolutely no reason, the melody of the song lies got stuck in my head and I hadn't listened to it in years. So I was sitting and I was like, wait a minute, why don't I listen to this album and use it for, uh, you know, one of the, with one of the albums I'm going to pick for the podcast. So I was like, well, first let me listen to it. And so I went through and listened to it and I was like, oh, okay. Why haven't I listened to this for the past seven years? I was really surprised because I think maybe it was a combination of back then when I first heard it, I was just so into dubstep. I wasn't listening to much else yeah, or maybe something else, but this is not a perfect album, but it's a very good album. Um, it's a bit too long. That's, that's the first thing I got to say, but as far as like songwriting goes and catchiness, I think this is a great album. I had really, I didn't know anything about these guys other than the remix. And even then I didn't know much about them. I, uh, last forever. Stop and stare. Stop and stare is a great song. They just have a lot of like these, they, they, they try and blend together different elements of different things, which I really enjoy, which for me on this record, um, it doesn't make the album feel like it's the same. Cause there's lots of, was the first album you picked? Um, the first episode. What I forget the name of the band. The very first one. Yeah. Shit. I don't remember. Oh man. I mean, I, I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking. How's that? So, um, one thing that stands about this, like my favorite songs are like "Stop and Stare," "Somebody," "Somebody's 
almost the best track on the album. Lies and Demons are very, very good. Fading's very good. Stonebridge is very good. You looked it up. What it was, was it? Lonely the Brave. Oh, that's it. Lonely it. the Brave. I couldn't God remember. Damn. Yeah. It to me this feels to me this is the opposite of that Lonely the Brave album because that yeah. Lonely the Brave album was the same songs just repeated slightly yeah. with slight variations for an hour yeah. and it was dreadful and boring and monotonous. This while there's some repetition in ideas and themes and stuff, there's enough different to keep me interested. And it doesn't start off with the greatest youth. It, it's okay. Last forever. It was good. But then it's three th- tracks, three through nine, just start picking it up. And yes. it, it grabs me. It sucks me into it. And there's a lot of varying themes, which suck me into it more. There's this, there's the, almost this like lyrically and then musically, there's certain songs that are very melancholic or sad and like heartbreaking, especially lies. Lies is just this like lament of like, you've been lying to me. You've been cheating on me. Like I'm so devastated right now. And, and it, and then it goes into demons, which is kind of sort of along the same lines, but it, it changes. It changes enough to where it keeps me interested in going, oh, okay, we're going on this journey. I want to hear what's next. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, if if this was a record, I would have worn this out in the last two weeks and had to go buy another copy. <laughs> Because that's how much I I was just like, I was like, I need to listen to this other stuff. I need to stop listening to this and listen to the other ones because I have to do this. But I was like, oh my gosh, I want to listen to this again. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Um, Ultimately, the the fault of this, uh, not, not, it's, it's the you, it it starts off. I, I didn't care for the first track all that much. And it's about four tracks too long. And mm. that's just kind of my opinion. The the two remixes aren't needed there. Magnetic and two cities. They aren't my favorite. They aren't bad, but it's they're, they're okay. But if this could have been a nine or 10 song album, it would have been a four and a half or a five for sure. I'm giving this four beards. Um, what do you think about it, Dan? I, I, so far, everything that you've hit on, I'm like right there with you. hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, first heard youth and, and for some reason the chorus on youth reminded me of that Katy Perry song, California girls, uh, <laughs> like melody wise. It's, it's there's, right. I don't know why I heard a lot of similarities. So I went, uh, you know, mm, <laughs> you know not off yeah. to, not with not for me off to a great start for any Katy Perry fans on there. Sorry. Um, there there yeah the variety i wrote down i love the variety a lot uh where i thought that this album uh suffered i'll talk about what i didn't like first and then what i very much did like is um you know anytime i think i've voiced this complaint before too when when uh electronic artists always feel like they have to throw in these obligatory quote fun songs and i don't call them fun because they're meant to be fun i mean they remind me of that band fun where it's like uh-huh. tonight we <laughs> yeah. are young it's like yeah where like they always have to have this like gonna be the best night ever kind of track and <laughs> those are always my least favorite because i'm usually listening to this at work or like in some kind of more mundane environment than what they're describing and i'm like fuck right. this is just not targeted towards me at all so right. there's a couple of tracks that have that in it and those were my weak links i would say Uh let's kind of remove those um but yeah man starting with like um i think it was in the blood is the name of the track um Mm -hmm. track three 
Track four. Yeah, uh, stop so and stare. Stop and stare comes four. off strong, but in our blood was the really one that caught my attention, and I went, "Oh, this is awesome!" I even wrote, "That's a standout track." Um, there's a strong choice along this record of instrumentation. The choice mm-hmm. of what instruments to use, I thought, was nice. There's a lot of organ sounds in this record, mm-hmm. and I very much appreciated that. Um, I appreciated when they used live drums quite often mm-hmm. or if not live some damn good samples um <laughs> but it felt live it really like it, you know a lot of the, the the drums on here felt like a live performance and so kudos to that because it's not something you get a lot in electronic music and i really feel like it set this apart um i wrote lies is a great song also kind of reminds me of david byrne from the talking heads a little bit has a kind of vocally i think was really where i i felt that um stone broge is it stone broge or stone bridge stone bridge stone bridge yeah stone bridge bridge. great song demons is a great song um this is great i yeah freaking loved demons especially that was when like the real i was like really paying attention to the drums on that i ended up giving it three and a half beards um yeah, two really solid picks for you this week, Mark. In between this one and Rye X, um, I I really had a good time checking this out and digging into it. Other than uh, your your, I just gotta agree with you. I, I would cut four or five tracks out of this, make it a nine or ten songer, and mm-hmm. keep it at that, and just let it let the you know you got a damn near perfect dance <laughs> and electronic record at that point for me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It's hard. The more and more we do this, the harder and harder it is for me to give a, an album more than four beards. I get that. And that, and it, it, I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I think it's because I'm just listening to more and more and more and more music. And so the more and more music you listen to, the more and more stuff you're going to be like, man, that's good, but it's not the greatest. <laughs> You've got, <laughs> you get the law of diminishing returns going on for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, man. Okay. The idea of it was to appreciate more music. We're getting more cynical, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, it's not like we haven't found gems. I mean, there's, there's been several times where I'm like, wow, Dan picked this and I thought, you know, I wouldn't like it and it was really, really good. Or this is something I never would have, you know, even given a chance or listened to. And now I'm really impressed kind of a thing. Hell yeah. So yeah, that was, that was this week. So what did you pick for next week? Okay, man, we haven't been, we haven't done this in a month. Yeah. And in a month's time, You've probably found 40 albums. Bro, yeah. Here's what's <laughs> been happening. And I'm going to get to my pick because I have it. I, I, but I give us, I've gave this some thought. There's, uh, there's shit that I just might not even get to, right? I um, found a very cool new band called My Disco that I've been listening to. Found a very cool alt, you know, kind of 90s alternative band called Narrowhead. Mono has a new record out. The band Low has an awesome fucking noise rock folk album mm-hmm. that just is just fucking sick um leprous prog metal band has a new record out fucking um hiatus coyote is is a jazz hip-hop kind of thing that i want to get to greet death uh frontier has two new tracks out i mean just like i i am struggling <laughs> to keep up with uh, death heaven has a record out that i really enjoyed um but 
Oh, and Boris. Boris finally put out a fucking new record, and it's it's like their best one in years. So, um, I mean, I'm I've I've got like a mountain to climb of new a music ton. that I want to talk about. <laughs> I realize that we probably won't be able to get to all of it. Before, I mean, I'm just going to continue to get overwhelmed. So, fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something kind of fun for this week. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to do a, a female episode. Ooh, okay. Because there's two exciting records that I've been listening to there. They've been out for a little while now, um, but they're still very new within let's say six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. My first impression is going to be the new Halsey record, which is called, if I can't have love, I want power. It's a short listen. It's, it's uh it's about a 43 minute uh, rec- record. So, you know, start to finish. Um, but this one's fun because it's produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Ooh. Okay. And there's a good collaboration of songwriting, but having that nine inch nails influence on a pop record in a more, mm-hmm. in a different way than I've ever heard them do before has been very exciting to listen to. So we're going to do Halsey as my first impression. And then for my deep dive, I want to do the new churches album. Ooh, cool. Screen violence. Um, Cause I just got tickets to go see churches in November and I'm excited. I'm going to go to concert. You should come with us. You should get tickets. It's on the lawn at white Oak music hall and me and Chad Alexander are going to go. We're going to geek out and it's going to be great. And I've, I've listened to, I've been listening to this a little while. I, I dig churches. Um, I've been a fan of them for a long time. They also just released a cover of, uh, the song cry little sister from the lost boys. You remember the lost yeah. boys, uh, with Kiefer I Sutherland don't. and like, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. There's that song that's like all kind of gothic and shit and has like the kids singing on it. Uh, they just put out a freaking awesome version of, uh, cry little sister. That's fun to listen to too. And I'm kind of tempted to just tack it on to screen violence and say, can we just have that be a part of it? Cause I want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not on the album but like i kind of want it to be it would take it from a 10 song album to a uh an 11 song record okay would you be that willing sounds... to let me go do that and add cry a little sister which is not on oh, the yeah. record onto that's fine it? yeah that's fine i don't care that's fine gracias um so this week i'm gonna change it up for my we're still gonna do the swedish artist but i'm gonna do that for my deep dive because i just noticed so i'm gonna take a huge risk right here for my first impression i'm gonna pick angels and airways new album life forms which i think just came out today or within the last couple of days And the reason I'm saying it's a huge risk is because it's Tom DeLonge and that dude is out of his fucking mind. Um, he's written some good music and he's written some horrible music (laughs) in in my opinion. (laughs) So I've never heard this. I'm don't have the highest of expectations, but I'm intrigued. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do it for a first impression. Cause I don't have to listen to it a ton. If I listen to it once through and I hate it, I'm going to say, I hate it. You know, and Tom, if it's anything else, Tom DeLonge is responsible for the style of singing that I absolutely hate. <laughs> he's the, so this he's is going to be fun. He's the one. And it's that he's one song one. that he did. And I think it's angels and airwaves. So he's like, don't waste your time on me. You're no, that's a blink one. 
Yeah. Fuck that. Oh my God. Like that's, I, I have, I'm walking into this with some, um, <laughs> some opinions. Oh, that's fine. I'm walking in See, with some opinions. So this, I figured I'm going to be a tough be sell qu- on this. I'm not, I'm I figured gonna- this would be quite the polarizing one. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest on this. So, um, I kind of want to be crazy because at least it'll be interesting. <laughs> that's that's kind of my point too. So Blink 182's first several for me, I always had a love hate relationship with Blink 182. Um, my brother listened to it way too much, which kind of just ruined it for me. But at the same time, a few of the songs, okay, these are pretty catchy and these are pretty good. The it was just too much of the same thing. Yeah, like I said, love hate relationship. So then. He goes and starts Angels and Airwaves, which um, the first album, I was like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> and once again, my brother played it way too much okay. and just killed it. <clears throat> so their second album, I really enjoyed. I'm not going to lie. I, I really, I Empire, I think it was called. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I listened to it a ton, but I will be honest and say I went and listened to it again that the angels and airwaves i empire maybe like two three months ago and oh my gosh it did not age well it uh, going back to it i was like wow why would i listen to this i was like this is not good (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was i was sitting there going how could i listen to this i was like i cannot enjoy this anymore i was like i just can't I've but the thing is, like is like, that. there's a few songs, there's a few songs on, um, like Blink-182 self-titled album. Uh, I was, uh, heard them again recently and I was like, okay, these are still really good. I really do enjoy these. I'm like Blink-182, Tom DeLonge, they weren't, he wasn't, he's not the greatest songwriter. They're not the greatest, but I was like, man, I still really do enjoy some of these songs off the self-titled, especially like the latter half of that self-titled album. I just, it really gets me still even after, you know, 15 years. So this, like I said, this is going to be all up in the air. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm probably going to give this all up in the two. airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Made their the you know, so I thought, sight unseen. I'll do this as a first impression. Take a risk on it. So from my deep dive, it's going to be, uh, the, in my opinion, the hit or miss. Jose Gonzalez, his new album, Local Valley. I oh, have. Oh, we did his uh, song off of the Red Dead Redemption. Right, which I absolutely loved. And like I said, the only bone I have to pick with Jose Gonzalez, I, I like the way he produces things. I like how everything is simple. It sounds like it's him and a microphone and a guitar in a room. That's it. It's very simple, very plain. I like the artistry of that. I like the simplicity of that. I just feel like his songwriting is very hit or miss, mostly miss. Okay. Uh, but... I, it's new stuff from him, and when he's on, when it's great, oh my gosh, it's some of the best music I've ever heard in my life. So I really have been looking forward to this because I'm going into it with the the understanding of, okay, this is Jose Gonzalez. There's what, uh, 13 tracks on here. Hopefully there's one gem on here that I really love. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. if, it's, if, if, if there is one, I'm going to love it, and I'm going to like love it for years. So... I mean, who knows? Maybe there's two, but that's the one with that. This is going to be an f- interesting week, I'll say. And then I do want to say uh, the following week, we can talk about it, but I want to do like an all metal week because I've been dying to get back into some metal. Dude, done. Sold. 
Do you want me to have a metal pick as well? Because there's there's a lot of cool metal that's been coming out too. Well, let's figure that out for the following week. So for this week, we'll do those picks for you. We'll do uh, the two that I just mentioned. And then the following week, we'll do an all metal week. Because I've just been wanting to go crazy and listen to a lot of, you know, chugging Sick. guitars and screaming. Sick, bro. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you all next week.